Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. What Elon Musk does here is a world-class takedown, and it's a takedown of an unbelievable fraud that gets perpetrated on social media and with news organizations all the time. And it's about the idea that people say. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. The phone number 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Elon Musk. I I love how Kara Swisher uh, put it. She does uh, tech reporting for the New York Times and and, and others. Uh, I didn't mind Tesla uh, Elon Musk. Tesla Elon Musk was okay. But man, do I not like this Elon Musk whatsoever. Oh, this Elon Musk, this Twitter Elon Musk, he's the absolute worst. He's surrounded by enablers. Like, you can't believe they're licking him up and down all day. And so he also has some personal things that are obvious, you know, in terms of his upbringing and everything else, that it's all impacting it. When you're the world's richest man and everyone tells you you're really smart, you believe it after a while and you can't make a mistake and that's what he's doing so um to switch to the to by the uh, way he's really smart like um let me just yeah. say uh tesla elon i like okay he can be some problems there spacex elon but not 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 Liz, not spacex Liz, elon's cool twitter elon's an hole. she's such a treat I have never understood why she's the the go-to. And she's sitting there at this at this conference, and she's got the sunglasses on. To maybe she's got a problem with her eyes, and she wears sunglasses indoors. I mean, it's like Jim McMahon. I I, I don't know. Maybe that's her, and I and I don't know that. But it's this too cool for school thing. Elon Musk is a is a blank this and that and the other. Because we're engaged in free speech, because he's screwing with the left, like the left screwed with America, they kept people from speaking. Why are you in favor of this? Why are you okay with this? Why, Kara Swisher, aren't you infuriated, disgusted by what Jack Dorsey and that group did? Why aren't you disgusted? It's it's beyond any rational thinking and what it has to do with is ideology you ideologically believe that some people shouldn't be allowed to speak that's what you believe and we're going to get into more of this especially as we talk about vanderbilt university you believe that some people shouldn't be allowed to say when you kept doctors i shouldn't say kara swisher did this but when they kept doctors from speaking about covid their views on what it is they were experiencing seeing thoughts about vaccines and 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 other ways to help people with covid and they were silenced why weren't you outraged how remarkably un-american how totally unscientific there's only one way to think and every other way cannot even be discussed And very often how the uh, attack comes is the idea of, well, people say. People are saying. And this was true on a, a conversation that took place with the BBC and Elon Musk, where this BBC reporter is saying to to Elon Musk, well, there's been such a a a rise in 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 hate speech and this that and, and and the other and elon musk is asking out loud what are you talking about so i i have the full exchange 
And I want to share it with you. I'm going to break it down. Because if you want to say a lot anything about Elon Musk, you are more than welcome to. I, I, I sure as bloody heck wouldn't stop you from doing it. You say about Elon Musk what you will. You like him. You don't like him. That's 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 totally your thing. But if you're going to make a claim, you have to be able to back it up. It's not enough to just say it. Saying things without any pushback is what happens on MSNBC and CNN. It happens too often on Fox and other places. It has to stop. And I, as as an interviewer, have been working on this aggressively with myself because I find that pushback often is the foray into just being argumentative. When you see a host, whether it be TV or you hear them on radio, and everything somebody says, they're screaming at, they're yelling at, and not letting people speak, I like to hear people speak. I want them to put out as much rope as is necessary to, to do themselves in. But I don't like the idea of constant interruption. This isn't constant interruption. This is Elon Musk, as the person being interviewed, asking the question, prove your point. Listen to this in Sachs that used to be in content moderation and, and, and we've spoken to people very recently who were involved in moderation and they just say they just there's not enough people to police this stuff particularly around um, particularly around hate speech um, in the company do, do, is that what something that you want to address? You're talking about? I mean you use Twitter right do you see a rise in hate speech? I mean I, I, but just a personal anecdote like what do you do I don't personally my uh, for you I would see I get I get more of that kind of content yeah personally so he first starts talking about people saying that you need more moderation, the people who are in moderation saying you have to have more, to ro- more moderation. And Elon Musk says, are you seeing a rise in quote-unquote hate speech? And he's like, I, I-, I do. But then... But I- I'm not going to talk to the rest of, for, for the rest of Twitter. You see more hate speech personally? I would say I would see more hateful content in that. In that. Content you don't like or, or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a, a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. Elon Musk is asking the right question. What is define it? What is it that you're seeing? Yes, people have to define it. Because if you're asking me, of course there's no such thing as hate speech. There's no such thing as hate speech. There is speech that you hate, that much is true. I share uh, about speech uh, that I absolutely despise. Here's an example. Here the Jews don't like Farrakhan, so they call me Hitler. Well, that's a good name. Hitler was a very great man. Never once have I said that Louis Farrakhan shouldn't be allowed to speak. I have said repeatedly that he is a Jew-hating, white-hating, woman-hating bigot. He is an anti-Semite from beginning to end, and why anybody would respect that man is beyond me. Yet, in my beloved Indianapolis, Congressman Andre Carson won't denounce him and says that he'll work with him. That's despicable, and Congressman Carson, of course, should be voted out of office. Why the people of Indianapolis haven't done it yet is completely beyond me. But nobody should be able to tell an American citizen, no matter how disgusting, you can't say things. 
I get to note how disgusting it is. I would never let anybody else tell me I'm not allowed to note how disgusting Louis Farrakhan is. How dare I say, no, 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 no. I'll say what I dang well choose. And I know a bigot when I hear one, and so do you, and that's the bigot. Hitler's a great man? Dear Lord. Dear, Harlan Crow collects Nazi memorabilia. He also collects communist memorabilia. He's a billionaire down in Texas, and he got attacked for, uh, well, actually, it was Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice, getting attacked for knowing this guy and this guy. They went on vacations together on his private jet and vacations here, there, and everywhere, and people said, you should have reported this. This is improper. You have to resign because look at this Harlan Crow and look at what kind of person he is. These are the people who hang out with Louis Farrakhan. Support Louis Farrakhan. Support Jeremy Corbyn from Great Britain. That anti-Semite bigot. Representative Ocasio-Cortez doesn't mind getting on a phone call with Jeremy Corbyn. Harlan Crow is the issue. And someone said, what kind of person collects this stuff? They're the same kind of people who claim to be patriots and wave Confederate flags around. Is this guy waving any flags around? You didn't know his name until last week. You just utilized it, this report from ProPublica about Clarence Thomas. Oh, look how improper he's being. He didn't do anything improper. He was not required to disclose. You can argue maybe he should have, but he wasn't required to. He didn't break any laws, and he doesn't have to recuse himself from any cases, and he doesn't have to resign. This is a great example of how people hate Clarence Thomas because he's a black man who's a conservative, and therefore he's considered a traitor by the left because if you're black, you have to believe only one certain thing, and you have to fit in one certain category it's despicable bigotry if you ask me elon musk's he's he musk's i said it in plural i don't know why elon musk is asking the right question define it define this hate speech and this guy says things that are you know well, it's slightly racist or it's slightly sexist to which elon musk digs in further do you think if something I, is slightly sexist it should be banned i no, I'm not, you're saying? I'm not saying anything i'm well, saying i'm just curious what you i'm, just, I'm trying to say what you mean by hateful con- content I'm asking for specific examples, um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me, you've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's why I'm asking for examples. Can right? You, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. Use, I, I, honestly, you I don't can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you. Wait a second. You just said that your feed has slightly more, BBC reporter. Elon Musk says, cite me an example, and now it's I don't use that feed? You just put out a statement there to try and put Elon Musk on the defensive. You use this line of people say as if somehow there is this fait accompli, this factual statement that there's more hate speech on Twitter, but you have no way of backing it up. You didn't come prepared for an interview because there was no need for preparation. Everybody always agrees with you, Mr. BBC reporter. Every Oh, yeah, go rise in hate speech. Rise in, oh, my gosh, rise in hate speech. But no one ever says what? Show me, show me the data point. And Elon Musk is asking for the data point. You didn't know that was going to happen? You didn't know that a guy like Elon Musk was going to ask for a data point? Oh, and now, now listen to the backpedaling, the trying to respond, and Elon Musk keeps digging. Feed anymore because I, I just don't particularly like it. And actually, a lot of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only, well, I only look well, at my, my followers. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I, I how did you see the hateful content? 
Because I've been I've been using it, I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right. And you I, can't I, give us a more. And, and, and I'm saying, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed. Slide. What? No, no, what I. He can't. He cannot fathom like that response of "Oh, really?" This is the guy who owns Twitter. You've got the one-on-one. -on -one. You didn't come prepared. You made a statement of of nonsense, of pablum that comes from the political left, not a statement of fact. You were asked to back it up, and then you get incredulous that he would ask you to back it up, and he called you a liar. He said you lied, and yes, clearly, if you make a statement, you can't back it up. Well, then that's clearly untrue. Now, if there is an increase based on a number of tweets that say X, Y, and Z, that'd be one thing. But then you'd have to accept the idea that there's hate speech, and that's not true. People you disagree with is not necessarily them engaged in hate speech. That's nonsense. But that's exactly where the political left is at. They believe that anything they disagree with is hate speech, and anything you disagree with is because you're a bigot. You see how that works? Elon Musk will not give. Claim was... Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on my feed or example. not, I mean, I, right, and Literally, if you look at someone like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, in the UK, they will say that. So they, look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example. You can name one. And he's the guy who said he saw it. And then he's talking about these other groups. And he doesn't even have an example from the other group who he claims are saying these things. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, how let, do you know that? I don't think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I, That's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. Then how would you know if there's hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We, have, we only have a certain amount of time. What does that matter that you only have a certain amount of time? You went into a line of questioning meant to engage in attack. You got pushback on the most basic level and immediately it's defensiveness and let's move on as if Elon Musk is somehow being what? Unreasonable? Irrational? He is being both reasonable and rational. He is doing both things. It is this reporter and this is exactly what we see in our mainstream media here in the U.S. This is what we see far too much of in culture that is unreasonable and irrational. They make statements with no basis in fact, and they get people to say, yes, absolutely. And if you question it, well, you must be a bigot. That is, that is not the way it works. Elon's not done. Um, well, COVID misinformation. You changed, the COVID, you changed the COVID misinformation. Has rules. BBC changed the COVID misinformation? The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter, so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm literally Has asking you about, you changed the labels, the COVID misinformation labels. There used to be a policy, it then, it then disappeared. Why, why do that? Look, COVID is no longer an issue. God, that's so good. He gets why? Why would you change anything? Well, what about what the BBC reported? Let's talk about their misinformation. No, no, no. This is all Twitter's fault. Why would you do such a thing? 
because COVID's done. My gosh, President Biden signed the, the paperwork. The COVID emergency is over. Why can't these things be changed? The objective here is to say about Elon Musk, look at the danger that he is imposing upon the rest of us. Look what he has done. Look at how awful he is. But there's no backup. There's no data. Ask for data. Emotions are meaningless. I I should say it differently. Everyone has emotions. Emotions are real. But emotions that don't come from a place Something that is an emotional argument that doesn't have a basis is meaningless. It's childlike pablum. It's drivel. It's nonsense. It's crap. And of course, it should be ignored. Just like this BBC reporter. This is excellent. This is absolutely excellent stuff. This should be shared everywhere. Everywhere. Because it's this great example of exactly how ludicrous the political left is how nonsensical they are and how they back themselves up and never once actually have to explain themselves. This, this interview, uh, the, the BBC should be embarrassed and ashamed of what they put out, but they won't be. What we will be told is somehow Elon Musk, look at how Elon Musk tries to, goes on the run. Look how Elon Musk is afraid of answering questions. Look how Elon Musk denies the hate that he's brought. No data point, and yet somehow Elon Musk will still be guilty. That is remarkable stuff. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. As a matter of fact, as you walk into my office in the, in the Oval Office in the United States Capitol, guess what? You know who founded and designed and built the White House? An Irishman. That's Joe Biden being just classic Joe Biden. As you walk into my office in the Oval Office in the United States Capitol, the Oval Office is not in the United States Capitol. Your office is the Oval Office. Why? Why do we even? Why do we even bother? It's it's not. It's it's nothing new. Joe Biden cannot get a thought out. Not once. Not ever. And every day there is just another gaffe. Name me one. Well, I can name you many, sir. Just the whole Easter thing, which I was impressed that you didn't just say, oh, yeah, I'm running again. I was impressed with your conversation with Al Roker because I just took it for granted that everybody would note that you can't answer a question. That when you talk about Easter, you just flub all over yourself and you sound ridiculous. You really, really have to be a hateful person not to say, yeah, Joe Biden doesn't have it. Joe Biden's not okay. We are not run as a nation by a competent being. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I forget if I say hello uh, sometimes right there, but he's in he's he's in Ireland and he's just being well. He's just being embarrassing as all get out. For those of you in Indiana, don't forget Saturday. We are going to be in Brownsburg, Premier Arms, premierarms.com, raising money for Brownsburg blessing boxes, helping to feed people in need. A $100 donation gets you these opportunities to win some really, really cool things, including some custom-made firearms uh, and a whole prize pack with a bench-made knife, and and you've got cigars curated by me. Terrific stuff. Premierarms.com. This is Saturday, April 15th, from 3 to 7 p.m., live radio, live eat, drink, smoke, a live gun guy show with Guy Relford, who's a Second Amendment attorney. If you don't know him, you're going to absolutely love the show. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to raise money 
money for a good cause. You've got the El Fuego food truck out there. Old 55 bourbon will be out there, and you have a chance to buy some barrel picks. Really fantastic stuff. This Saturday, they're at Premier Arms in Brownsburg to raise money for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. Bring your 100 bucks or more, and I will see you there. Go to PremierArms.com for more information. This is Tony Katz today. This week, I've been talking a lot about Ivy Tech Community College, the community college of Indiana. As a matter of fact, on my morning show, I've been referring to it as Ivy Tech Week. And this all came from a conversation about St. Francis College in Brooklyn. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com, TonyKatz.Locals.com. And St. Francis College got rid of all its uh, sports, everything in athletics, gone from the school, and I wondered out loud if this was the start of colleges starting to close up shop because they can't afford to stay open, never mind the the schools that have the massive endowments. Uh, People aren't going to college like they used to. People aren't going to college. They they don't see the value in it. They don't see where they're getting a return from it. Colleges have gotten too crazy, too ridiculous, too woke, all, all the rest, and so they're not going. And was this, is this the, the start of the dominoes falling? And so I, I had said on, on my morning show on 93.1 FM WIBC, uh, first college president to call in, I'll dedicate a whole week to the school and we'll talk about these things. And Ivy Tech called in. So I had this very, very long interview with Dr. Sue Elsperman, who's the former lieutenant governor of Indiana, and she's the president of Ivy Tech. And we had this this conversation. We actually uh, talked about uh, value to, to to students, and we talked about the purpose of, of the school. And DEI conversations uh, came about, and so we kind of touch on that a little bit, but got into this conversation about who graduates. Right? Is college really focused on everybody? When we talk about diversity, what about men? Does college really focus on men attending? Does it focus on male graduation rates? So we were in this conversation about the students and whether or not the students are the ones forcing agendas on college and got into this conversation about men in school and men graduating. But my question was to the idea of the pressures that come from the outside. I don't disagree with you about, you know, as you describe mission and 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 how you connect. And certainly the, the affordability conversation of Ivy Tech is an extremely real one and, and a valuable one. But this was more of a look at what we see news-wise. Do, how does a place like Ivy Tech deal with those uh, ki- kinds of things? How uh, when, when you have students who, who believe, uh, who maybe come in and maybe believe that, you know, this is the way it should work, even though they're, they're new to the school, or students who believe that this sh- should be allowed or shouldn't be allowed, those kinds of social things. That is a big part of what we're seeing on the university side. Rightly or wrongly, we're seeing it. Does, does Ivy Tech ever engage those things? Does it have to deal with those things? And, and how, as, as president of a university, do you explain this to the students? I think our culture um, is something that's very special. And we, you know, so diversity, equity, belonging, that is who we are. We accept everyone in our institution. We are inclusive. Um, We don't spend a lot of time on uh, worrying about what the outside world is saying. If you do your work well, if you 
have your mission focused, if you're serving your students, serving employers, um, meeting the needs that are out there, I don't think you have to be overly distracted by these other things. I can tell you, um, I, I, my team and I keep focused on how do we serve students and how do we make sure that what we do is aligned with what the communities in which we live need. And again, 93% of our students are going to stay right here. There's not a lot of reason for us to get distracted by things happening nationally. What I do want to be very attentive to is what's happening in Indiana. What are we needing to help Hoosiers succeed and help Indiana communities prosper? And when we do that together, good things happen. Talking to Dr. Sue Elsperman, president of Ivy Tech Community College. Of course, campuses all around the state of Indiana. It is Indiana's community college. <clears throat> um, we will have another conversation another day about uh, DEI and, and how it how it plays out. Uh, but you talked about your uh, graduates and the people graduate, 93% uh, stay. How did, that, how did those graduates break down? Is it, is it mostly men? Is it, is it mostly women? Yeah. So if you know anything about higher education, it's about higher education overall is about 60, 40, 60% female, 40% male today. Um, we are about 56% female, 44%, usually like 43 and there's 1% who won't tell us, but it is, uh, we are fairly close to 50, 50. And we believe that's important. In fact, for me, I want to make sure that as many young men, men are coming to post-secondary as women, we all need post-secondary, right? We don't want to leave anybody behind. Uh, in terms of serving the state, uh, we look a lot like the demographics of the state, right? African-American, Hispanic, uh, all the diversity that you would hope to see in a community college. And we continue to strive to improve and make sure that we are not leaving anyone behind. Traditional age students, adult learners, single parents, you know, the single mom with three kids. We need to be that place where everyone can come back. So we're two thirds part time, which, you know, sometimes people think when they're thinking post-secondary that every student is 18 or 19 or 20 years old and going full time. No. In fact, that's actually the minority nationally. But community college is where you see that adult learner who comes after work in addition to, you know, having children to care for or other dependents. And we have to be the place that can flex to meet that adult learner's uh, needs to succeed. So, so when you bring up the, the percentages, men and women, going to, to Ivy mm -hmm. Tech, okay, I'm asking about graduates who graduates from, from Ivy Tech and then goes into that workforce. That that same demographic. Right. It's the that same. Uh, well, it'll be very close, very close. You know, we are our goal is to have uh, no disparity in terms of outcomes, but it is very close and happy to get those exact numbers to you. But we will complete over 40,000 credentials a year, right, for our students who will then graduate and go out into the workforce. Um, that is about 
10,000 of those roughly will be associate degrees. The rest of them will be all those other shorter term credentials and certifications that help them to achieve their career goals. So uh, it is graduating is the reason we we bring people in, right? We yeah. want them to enroll, uh, be retained, and then complete in the program that will get them a great career. I'm going to one more step in this part of the conversation and, and then move on to some other topics. Um, do you think that that universities as a whole uh, are, are built in that 50 50 model um, in terms of the uh, attracting men to schools and men to graduate? You brought up men specifically in your conversation mm-hmm. or is there in, in your view for all the talk of the quote unquote diversity conversations that exist out there? Uh, is there on this subject a total lack of of recognition that um, that maybe there's been a push to exclude men in this conversation about higher education and certainly uh, the, the need for graduation? You know, I don't think there's been any push to exclude anyone. Um, I think as time has gone on and, and look, Tony, I'll talk about when I started college. Right. It was just the opposite. I was a female engineer. I was one of 10%, right, of engineering students who were female at Purdue back in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, It's still more male than female in engineering, still, you know, 50 years later. In engineering. But as we look at higher ed, I think women got the picture that you needed something post-secondary to be successful in career and life and, and be able to be self-sufficient. Um, and they went, they went. Men have, I can't tell them all the reasons why they did what they did, but there were options for men, whether it was more physical labor or other things that didn't require a post-secondary credential, which gave them options that maybe were not as open to women at the time. Today, there is no doubt that we need to have as many men, as many African-American men, as many Hispanic men, as many uh, of every uh, background, every ethnicity uh, to be coming to post-secondary. We need everyone uh, to have that post-secondary credential. So we are working deliberately to try to increase the number of men in nursing and the more and the number of women in IT, right? We want diversity in every field of study and we want to make sure that we are open access and welcoming to all. Now, you'll notice that it started with that diversity conversation and ended with that diversity conversation. She clearly sees it differently than we hear the conversation regarding diversity and there was a there's there's a real push from from Dr. Elsman about we 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 keep that at, at arm's length but somehow it's also part of our conversation and I I will share with you the other parts of the interview that that discuss that cuz I thought that was interesting but um there is no doubt that there's this you know when we talk about men graduating it, this is a thing because if there's going to be a real conversation about diversity 
Shouldn't there be a conversation about diversity and who's attending the school, men or women? And there is a difference between men and women, by the way, and I can define what a woman is. What can I say? I'm skilled. And shouldn't there be a conversation about male graduation rates and why there isn't a a concentration on ensuring that the most amount of men can graduate? Is there somehow a an, un, an uncaring about men graduating. I'm not saying this about Ivy Tech. I'm saying this uh, across uh, the higher education spectrum. I appreciate a Dr. Sue Elsperman, ivytech.edu, ivytech.edu. I I do like what they do. Remember, I I say it many, many times. College is absolutely not for everyone. Absolutely not for everyone. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to go to college to be a fully formed person, not in the slightest. But there are opportunities outside the four-year school, and Ivy Tech is certainly a place for those Opportunities. I appreciate Dr. Sue Elsperman, ivytech.edu, and we'll have more of that conversation in the days and weeks ahead. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. I met a superhero. I lost her. I want her back. At Vanderbilt University, the students are very upset. Very, very upset. Oh, they're angry and they're screaming and they're yelling. And what are they yelling about? Well, uh, the truth is, as always in these situations, they don't actually know what they're yelling about. I don't know what we're yelling about! See? I I called it right there. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Republicans on campus wanted to have a conversation, a debate. So the Vanderbilt University College Republicans hosted a debate. This was back on April 4th. And it was a conversation about a bill in Tennessee which would prohibit healthcare providers from administering gender transition procedures to individuals under the age of 18. That's how it is written, uh, reported by, by Fox News. Of course, in Indiana, we have SB 480, which has been signed into law by Governor Holcomb, which says no. For the purposes of gender transition, we don't mutilate children. We don't allow those surgeries. We're not doing puberty blockers, none of that. And that, of course is the right call, 100% the right call. At Vanderbilt University, they wanted to talk about it. They wanted to have a conversation about it, and the debate was protested. And one of those engaged in the protest, somebody who serves as the community relations director of the LGBTQ awareness group Vanderbilt Lambda Association, was upset about this being held. So utilizing... Uh, a megaphone, uh, uh, th- th- this this leader, this director gets up there uh, stating, uh, screaming that the audience was complicit in the spreading of hatred. It's potentially opening up the space for bigotry and a series of conversations like this. It's bigotry, it's hatred, what? Talking about something? Engaging the conversation? Learning about something? That's what spreads bigotry and hate. Of course not. That's not true. But this is a great example of how radical this pro-transgender movement is. And it is uh, indeed not scientific. It is a movement. Gender dysphoria is real. And there are people who truly believe they were born in the wrong body. What we're seeing in the United States is social contagion. What we're seeing is a push. What we're seeing is those people who want to tear down systems abuse children to move their ideological desires. That is what we're seeing. You don't prove you love children by saying yes to everything they want to do. Saying no is very, very important. 
It is important for parents to say no. It is important for society to say no. It's extremely important. What these groups have said is, well, you see, the parent is the problem. The parent is making the child unsafe because the child has clearly said that they're this or that or the other, and you have to buy in to anything the child says, which is a radical position and certainly not a position of the nuclear family. As a matter of fact, it is designed to eradicate the nuclear family. It is the position of saying that there should be no childhood, give every child agency, and if children have agency, you have a better opportunity to then mold that child into your ideological wants. Get rid of the parent. That's clearly the objective. I say that anywhere. I'll go on any college campus uh, uh, if you can pay the fee, and I will, I will have this conversation. Gladly, without question, this is what's happening. Picture the situation. They want to have a debate, actually discuss the issue. And you're saying discussing the issue promotes hatred. No, you are, you are worried. You find it problematic that they might discuss the issue and other people might realize, wait a second, this is a mistake. Wait a second, this is a problem. Wait a second, this is dangerous. And you don't want anybody discussing that. You want what you want when you want it. And how dare anybody else question you? The act of questioning is now the act of bigotry? No, that's the act of the authoritarian telling you you're not allowed to think anything except what the group thinks. If you ever wonder whether or not these people are communists in communism, can you think anything other than what the party tells you to think? Of course not. And now the party is telling you exactly what to think. And if you want to even question it, you are therefore violent. You are therefore a hater. You are therefore dangerous because you want to discuss it. These people don't believe in the First Amendment. They don't believe in intellectual pursuits. They believe in fealty to an ideology regardless of science. And anybody who says otherwise, they're the enemy. Good gosh. Send your kid to Vanderbilt. Spend that money for this? Maybe I should applaud the people who still go to Vanderbilt and fight back. You know what? I will. Good on them. And shame on those who want to silence others. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.